I am joined on the line by BC Health Minister Adrian Dix. Minister Dix, how you doing here today? Yes, I'm doing well. Good, glad to hear it. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time and continuing on with our uh, weekly chats here. Really appreciate it. Okay, so first question, of course, Victoria Day long weekend here. Uh, parks are set to reopen for day use beginning today. What, what is the message that you have for people here when this long weekend does come up? I know we saw a pretty good response from people um, in the previous long weekend, and I'm sure we're hoping to see a, a similar response here this coming long weekend. So just what is your message to people right now who are you know preparing for three days off here? Absolutely go outside, but stay local. Uh, this is not the weekend to travel. It's not the weekend to go to second homes. It's the weekend to, to stay close to the home. Of course, to be outside, to enjoy this uh, beautiful province on what is at least one of my favorite weekends of the year, uh, because uh, there are a few fewer obligations, except for those people living in Victoria, for the big parade, uh, historically, right? Mm -hmm. Not this year. And so, but I think we need to stay, we need to stay close to home. And, uh, and uh, I think that's a real concern. And, you know, it, it's sometimes people feel this as a contradictory message. You know, people in the Shushua, people in Camus, people all over the place love to greet visitors on a regular basis. The economy in many graces uh, depends on that. But this year, um, we've got to deal with the spread of COVID-19. We're looking, we're opening up essential uh, uh, scheduled surgeries. We're addressing significant issues in the economy and we've got to be more concerned about physical distancing now because more of us are going to be out than before. And uh, that means uh, if you don't need to travel, you don't need to go to your second year cottage, then don't go. What, what if you do have to do some traveling, right? What if there is a, necess a necessary reason for you to, to have to kind of leave your home community for even a day or two? What, what is your message to those people as well? I heard you yesterday maybe talking about, um, you know, bringing your own supplies wherever you might be going just to avoid, um, you know, any contact with people in a different community. Yeah, I think you need to be respectful of the people in the community you're going to visit. So one way to do that is to not arrive in a town and immediately head to uh, to save on foods or to to uh, Safeway or wherever you might go, but to uh, bring your own food so that you're not so you're able to, in a sense, maintain your bubble in the new community if that happens. I mean, we prefer people not engage in non-essential travel. Sometimes it is essential. It's very important not to judge people, as we all tend to do, including me, sometimes when they're doing things. But it's important that we be respectful of one another. And I think if you're traveling to, uh, whether it's to, I don't know, to the to the Shushwap, to the lake, to uh, in people Metro Vancouver, to to the Sunshine Coast, that if that if you have to do that for whatever reason, to be respectful of the communities and uh, bring your own stuff, so you don't uh, you don't immediately create lines in in supermarkets and so on. Now, uh, one of the main questions that I've been hearing from people that, uh, you know, it seems a little bit unclear or uh, just really difficult even, I guess, to, to start having this happen, but people are wanting to start visiting loved ones, right, in long-term care homes or in hospitals, and um, it's just a really difficult thing for, for, for them to do, right? There has been some talk about potentially having one loved one be able to visit some people, but just the logistics around a home with, you know, 100 or so residents, it makes it really complicated. So what what uh, what's the update in terms of when people might be able to really start seeing their loved ones in person? Uh, it's the most difficult thing, one of the most difficult things we deal with, right? Um, but it's not going to be soon. Uh, it, there's not going to be a change in the policy in general soon. 
uh, and the reasons for that are very straightforward. We had 299 cases in a long-term care home or an acute care unit that are outbreak cases. 84 people have passed away, that's in BC. And, uh, and so that tells you how at risk people are in those circumstances to COVID-19. We've witnessed the thousands of people who have passed away in other provinces and what's happened in other countries. So these are necessary restrictions to protect people's basic health. But that said, it is unbelievably difficult. It affects my family too and people close to me as well. Not being able to see them, especially at these times of high anxiety, is important. And in most long-term care homes, those visits are at the center of people's health. So we know that there's a huge cost and we're looking at things that can be done. But right now, um, those rules are going to have to stay in place for some time, and um, there is no question that that's inc- incredibly difficult for people. Is the one question when I'm calling people who email me, which I try and do on a regular basis, some of them. Um, I hear about most, and I talk to people about most, and I know how, how much people are hurting, both the people in long-term care and the family members who would love to be with them. And that's got to be pretty challenging, the fact that there is no no timeline, right? You can't just say, well, hold on for a couple more months and then it will happen. There really is no drop-dead date for when something like that could happen. It's uh, It's got to be a pretty difficult question to try to answer, especially when, you know, people are probably really desperate to, to have those in-person connections. Uh, absolutely. And those in-person connections, you know, everybody understands are important for people's well-being and how they're enjoying life, but also for their health. So it's a real loss, and it's a very, very difficult choice to have to make. But, you know, it's not uh, allowing regular visits. It's not just affecting. And some people say to me, well, uh, my loved one, I mean, we don't mind the risk, right? But it's not just a risk for them. It's a risk for many people. And you see what happens when um, COVID-19 spreads through a care home. We have people in the hundreds of individual care homes in other Canadian provinces who have uh, got sick. We have one care home which had, uh, between staff and residents, 80-plus uh, people who got sick. And so, uh, and many of them died. So, uh, you know, 20 in the case of uh, the Lynn Valley Care Home, for example, so in North Vancouver. So, you know, these are very difficult judgments. This is a time of pandemic. And, um, but this is, of all the decisions that we've made, it's one of the most difficult. And I never lose sight of the fact that it has an impact on people. And when we're talking about long-term care homes, of course, one of the, the new policies that has been uh, or is being adopted right now throughout the province is uh, working at, at single sites, right? Having long-term, long-term care workers working only in one facility. You've been providing an update every Thursday, I believe, the last couple of weeks, and a lot of progress has been made. And I don't know if you can provide the specific numbers, but just even a, a general update of how that process is going. It sounds like quite a bit of progress is being made on that plan. Lots of progress is being made. It involves about 7,500 workers, and you have to make sure that every that you're not taking everybody from one long-term care home, for example, because we have to maintain care and uh, care levels everywhere. But progress is being made. I think it's an important change. I think the efforts done by medical health officers in the region to protect people in long-term care have been extraordinary. As you know, there have been uh, two outbreaks in the Interior Health Authority in total, both involving just one person. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, reflects the uh, extraordinary work by both people working in care homes and by Interior Health 
and by everyone involved to keep people safe. And uh, obviously, we want it to continue that way. And so, these are some of the measures we're taking. And uh, I'll be announcing at three o'clock the weekly update. I think um, uh, there's about 545 care homes that are affected by the single site rule that have people who are working in multiple sites in the whole province of BC. Uh, last week, more than 300 of them had implemented the single site, and uh, we'll have more progress to announce at 3 o'clock today. All right. Well, I'll uh, keep my eyes out for that. Um, I also wanted to ask about PPE supply for outside of the healthcare sector. I know that's sort of been the focus for you guys throughout this in the health ministry is to make sure that our, our hospital workers, our doctors, our nurses, they are, have the equipment that they need in order to do their job in a safe and secure manner. But of course, as we get into this phase two, I know there's a lot of uh, you know small businesses that are looking to open up but do need to have some form of PPE in place in order to uh, you know allow people to come into their businesses. I know I was speaking with hair salons and they need to have, you know, um, masks on themselves as well as their clients. I mean, is there anything that the government is doing or even the health ministry specifically when it comes to being able to supply some of those businesses with personal protective equipment? Well, our task in the health ministry is to deal with the health system. Of course. And there are real challenges there. The global supply chain for for uh, respirators has been N95 respirators, effectively masks, have been hugely interrupted. We've gone out and obtained about 3.7 million of them, which we're testing. And you have, there's places where you test the quality to make sure the masks are safe. So there's a huge effort in the healthcare system. And the healthcare system is going to continue to have to build a stockpile for the healthcare system because COVID-19 isn't going away anytime mm-hmm. soon. And that's what we're going to continue to do and, and keep our workers safe. I think. Um, I would say outside of the healthcare system uh, that there is a role for non-medical masks and people are working and showing lots of imagination and producing them. But the most important things we can do are physical distancing, are barriers that, such as plexiglass barriers, are making sure that there's only certain numbers of people in the stores, in beauty salons, making sure there's no waiting area. Right, and so all of those things are really important, and uh, and uh, things and masks can be important too. But they're one tool, and all of those other things are, as we've seen in terms of stopping the spread, even more important. So uh, that means real challenges for for businesses because um, you know you still have to install those things. That still has a cost, and it's a cost that comes at a time when uh, other costs are high, and of course revenue isn't coming in. Right? And mm-hmm. so um, everybody's working on all of those things together. And I think, as I say, non-medical masks can play a role in that. But uh, I don't see us in the Ministry of Health supplying those in general to the population medical masks anytime soon. That's just not a realistic mm-hmm. possibility. Okay, fair enough. I just thought I'd, uh, I would ask because I know it is a, an issue that is going to be coming more to the forefront as we getting through that restart plan. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Minister. Always appreciate it. Hey, take care, Jeff. Talk to you next week. All right. Looking forward to it. That was BC Health Minister Adrian Dix.